All right. How's everybody doing? Hi, Desert World. Amen. Well, welcome to the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving service. I noticed that we've got a shortage of people. I think they're all at home stuffing turkeys and baking pies, which, hey, that's all right. My own mother is out there cooking, so uh, praise God. Who's excited to eat some turkey tomorrow? All right. Who's going to eat a bunch of mashed potatoes? Who's going to eat some stuffing? All right. Mac and cheese. Where's my mac and cheese people at? You know where you are. All right. Okay. Very good. All right. All right. Well, at the Samples house, the, me and Josh always pray that it's that one day of the year where God will just allow us to eat a few extra plates without getting full. Amen. Then it's not gluttony and it's not a sin, right? Now, if you're full, if praise you're God. hungry and you keep eating, it's not a sin. That's right. If you're still hungry. So the deal is you want to stay away from some of those early on carbs that will throw off your game. And you want to be careful with the drinks too, okay? That will get you. That will fill. Anyway, no, no one's even listening Maybe our internet people are listening. All right, well, I'll shut up about food. Let's go ahead and get a few quick announcements for you. Uh, this Sunday night is going to be the Lyft Family Group Christmas Came Early Party. Who's going to be there? So... At 6 o'clock, uh, we're going to have a great time. Uh, Leah's got a great game plan. Um, but anyway, uh, if you're going to enter the gift exchange, there's a $1 limit. Nothing more expensive than $1 for the kids to exchange. And for the adults, a $5 uh, limit on the gifts. Nothing more expensive than $5. That's just if you want to be on the little gift exchange. It's a fun game we do. But anyway, we just want it to be cheap stuff. Don't come in bringing a diamond ring or something unless you want to... You know, give it to the, I'll, I'll take it off your hands, but, and do something with it. So, uh, what else do we have going on? Membership class. Can everybody say membership class? Now, I think a lot of you in here are members already, but, uh, that is going to be Sunday night, December the 6th. Uh, it's going to be from 4 to 7, and if you are not a member yet, but you are interested in becoming a member, sign up. And this is just your way of saying, you know what, I'm committed to High Desert Word Center. This is officially my home church, and I want to make it official. So you can do that, and then that opens up some opportunities for you to be able to serve in some different areas and stuff like that. So you want to get involved with that and also get you to know your church family even better. All right, do I have any manly men in the house? house tonight usually i just expect the male ego to take over and get somebody to grunt or something cletus do we have any manly men in the house whoa put those away put those away hey we don't need that all right (laughs) so uh what i well the reason i'm asking is um we have two very quick projects either tonight or sunday we need to do but who's noticed that the giant cross on top of the roof is laying down yeah well uh, the cross is getting a little makeover, getting some uh, electrical work done, but we're ready to stand her back up to shine up this whole side of Barstow. So, Chuck, are we able to do that after service if you got the manpower? Okay, so how many guys would you say you need? Okay, so I definitely need three able-bodied men. I know, Nick, you're back there flexing. Uh, anyway, three able-bodied... Doug, okay, all right. And uh, anyway, D- uh, Dylan, so after service, please come up here and see Chuck. It just takes a few minutes to get her stand back up. And then on Sunday, I need a few more manly men. We're going to move the grand piano up to a beautiful place over here. So, But that, that dude is heavy, okay? I'm not even playing around. So we need a few guys to help out with that. All right. Sound good? 
All right, very good. Well, who knows what time it is now? It is happy time. All right, if you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers are going to get you one. And we're going to look at a wonderful verse right here tonight in 3 John and verse 2. 3 John and verse 2. And I'll this. And verse 2. Check this out. Whoa, there's my volume. All right. 3 John verse 2. And you need to realize and you need to recognize what God's will is for your life. Now, sometimes people, there's confusion. They're like, well, I don't know. Does God want me to have this? Or or maybe God sent this trouble down the pike to teach me a lesson. And if you don't know what God's will is for your life, you're going to be spinning in circles for a long time. You need to know the will of God. And you need to know that God wants good things for you. What does it say in, in, in uh, John 10, 10? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes to give life and life more abundantly. Third John, in verse 2, it says, Beloved. Who's the beloved in here? Man, I am beloved, and I'm not ashamed about it. I'm proud of that, that I am the beloved of God. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And the Word of God, I mean, there's there's not even really any twisting that. I don't see how we can even get that confused. He says, I wish above all things that you would prosper. Well, that couldn't possibly mean like money, could it? That means your finances. And be in health. Well, that couldn't mean that God, you know, it's His will to heal me. Yes, it means that. That God wants you to prosper and be healthy, healed of any sickness. In the name of Jesus, He said, above all things. He wants that to happen in your life. So I encourage you tonight that as you're giving, as you're bringing your tithes, as you're bringing your offerings, that you need to know that it is God's will that you prosper and that you are in health. Amen. Let's speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings tonight. And we're going to get into an awesome time of praise and worship. Then pastor has a wonderful word from heaven for us tonight. Amen. Who's ready to do this? As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go.
darkness seems to hide his face I rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil my anchor holds within the veil
you, Lord. Glory to God. Aren't we glad that Jesus is Lord? Save yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. Love our praise team, don't we? They do such an awesome job. Hallelujah. Well, we got we got a new book in the bookstore. I've been waiting on for a while. Kind of going to be talking uh, along the lines of what that book is. It's Tony Cook's newest book. How many love Tony Cook? Amen. Awesome man of God. And the book is What Would Jesus Say? What Would Jesus Say? And I'm going to be talking along those lines tonight, but uh, that book's out of the first three chapters of Revelation when Jesus appeared to John uh, when he was exiled on the Isle of Patmos, and he talked to him about the seven churches in Asia at that time there. And if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, his advice to churches will always be the same. Amen. You know, may, may live in a different time period, uh, different parts of the world, but in the realm of the Spirit, there's no time or distance. Heaven's real. Hell's real. Eternity's forever. And we as Christians, if we're going to be Christians, we're going to be Christ-like, then we need to listen to Christ. Amen? And so that book there will really be a blessing to you. But talking tonight about how you can know God's will for your life, I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Hebrews 13, verse 8. And uh, I'll give you a chance to turn there. I think it's always so good to be able to see things in your own Bible with your own eyes. And, and I know when I was coming to church tonight, I was thinking about, you know, all the different things going on right now with this uh, COVID stuff. And I was thinking about my life and my family. I was thinking, man, this stuff doesn't bother me. The reason it doesn't bother me it's because I'm the same place I've been for 41 years. I keep my eyes on Jesus. I keep my eyes on the Word of God. And, and, and I, I think about how my life is. The only thing that's changed is all the inconvenience around me everywhere else. But as far as any fear goes, I don't know what that is. Amen. There's, there's a lot of strange things going on in the world. But uh, two years ago when I went through uh, stage four blood cancer, the heart attack and all that stuff, I never thought about it. My name's written in heaven. Whenever I take my last breath, I'll go to heaven. And he promised me long life if I'll follow him and do the things he wants me to do. And so I wasn't concerned when I was going through cancer treatment. Wasn't concerned when I had heart surgery and COVID. It doesn't concern me because I know I'm going to stay following Jesus. And that's not to say that I don't know it's real because I knew cancer was real. And when I had a heart attack, believe me, I knew it was real, but I knew that Jesus was greater. And I knew that my job was to follow Jesus. And any adjustments in my life here wants me to make, I want to make adjustments. As I think about this COVID thing, I think, man, I'll be glad when this is over with. I'm tired of all the people that have been affected by it. I think it's terrible all the people have died from it that shouldn't have had to die. And I think all the stuff that goes with it is just really horrible, horrible stuff. But the thing is, when you follow Jesus, Jesus said, when you live in the secret place of the Most High and abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and of course you obey His commandments, you do the things you're supposed to do, the Word of God teaches you, He said that no plague will come nigh your dwelling. Amen. And if it does, He told us the answer. He said, lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, they shall recover. 
He said, call for the elders of the church. Anoint you follow the name of the Lord. In prayer of faith, they heal the sick. And so we just go about our life, do what Jesus tells us to do. And of course, I want to say it again, we do everything we can to not violate our conscience. James 4, 17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not to him, it's sin. And so sin's a blessing blocker. And so when you violate what you know to be right, then you're getting into sin. And when you do, you can block the blessing. And so we as Christians need to keep on living for Jesus. And this here, no, this is plan, what I'm saying is just coming out. But I was just thinking about that. I was driving to church tonight, that all the things we see about this COVID, I was thinking, how's it affected me? I was thinking, well, it hadn't, except we have to buy toilet paper when we see it now. <laughs> and other things. But anyway, I just want to tell you, be a follower of Jesus. Don't violate your conscience. When God speaks to your heart from the Word of God, or other times he speaks to you about things in life, just be like with that, that, that uh, marriage feast at Cana. Mary, Mary told the disciples, whatsoever he tells you to do, do it. And so Jesus told them to go get the water, and he got the water. They got the water for Jesus, and Jesus did the miracle, he turned it into wine. And so in our lives, when Jesus tells us to do something, we do it, we'll do what we know to do, and Jesus will do the miracles we can't do. That's good preaching, isn't it, if I don't say so myself. Amen. Hebrews 13, 8. When I was praying about what to teach tonight, I, I thought about this verse, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. And you know, if, if, if you're a born-again Christian, have been born again very long at all, then you know this verse. You've heard this verse preached. You've talked about it yourself. You've quoted it. You know it's there. And, you know, I know there's always so many things that we can, we can say because we've heard, heard other people say it. But, you know, lots of, to me, that kind of gets religious when you just say things because it's the right answer because people said this is what we say. And so a lot of times when the Lord talks to me about preaching and teaching, he'll give me a familiar passage like that. And then he'll have me say from the Bible things that he shows me about it. And so what I was thinking about tonight about preaching, I thought about that verse, thought, Lord, what do you want to say? And he just spoke to my heart and said, what does it really mean? And so I thought, wow, when God starts talking to me like that, I don't want to tell him what I think it really means. I want him to show me what it means for the people I'm talking to at the time. You know, the Bible is always true, but it's multifaceted. And so out of the same passage, you can get a whole lot of different things. They're all in line with God's word. But for tonight, for the ones we're talking to here, for the ones watching on the internet, here's what God wants you to see in this. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so what does this mean to us that live today in 2020? To find this answer, we need to read and study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, the only place I really know that tells a whole lot about Jesus Christ yesterday is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so when you read the four Gospels, you've got to find out exactly what Jesus would do if he lived with us today. You're going to find exactly what Jesus would say if he were to appear to us today and talk to us because he's the same. He doesn't change. You're going to find exactly 
what Jesus would expect out of 21st century believers. Amen. And you know, I'm just thinking about this verse again. We've got to think about this because we hear this verse so many times and I don't think we really think about what, he, what he's really saying. It says, Jesus Christ is saved yesterday, today, and forever. And that's why I have no fear about COVID. I do not deny that COVID's real. I don't deny the things that it does to people's lives. But from the things that Jesus told me in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I can deny COVID the right to attach itself to me or to my family. Hey, man, see, faith doesn't deny things. Faith changes things. And so Jesus Christ the same yesterday and forever. And so what Jesus said and what he did in the Gospels is exactly what he'll say and do in your life if you'll believe for him to. Amen. And I'm not, I'm not going to look at Mark 11:23 right now, but how many are familiar with Mark 11:23? who spoke to the fig tree? He said, he said, you speak to the mountain, and if you believe and doubt not, whatsoever you saith will come to pass. Well, somebody said, well, that's never worked for me. You just proved it did. Somebody said, well, I never get healed. You just proved it works. Somebody said, well, I never get the promotions. You prove it how it works. Jesus Christ said, what you believe, and doubt not in your heart and say out of your mouth, you have what you say. Amen. And so if Jesus, this, this is not my notes, it's just coming out again. So if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he would tell you, for the most part, to zip the lip. He would tell you, that if you want to know what your biggest problem is, look in the mirror right under your nose. If he's the same yesterday and forever, amen? And so, anyway, uh, how he told the people to live in the Gospels will still be how he tells us to live today. And so I want to look at John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And we're going to look at verse 7 to 9. Verse 7, 8, and 9. And we're looking at these because if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we want to know what that means for us today so we can walk as close to Jesus as we can and get as much as the blessing from Jesus as we can get, then we need to see what Jesus said back then. So John chapter 14, verse 7 through 9 Jesus said, If you had known me, you should have known my Father also, and from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father that will satisfy us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long with you, and yet have you not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. He that hath seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father. And so Jesus was God temporarily living in an earth suit. And I say that because a lot of times people say, well, I know what Jesus said, but if I just knew the will of God. 
But Jesus said, duh. He said, I'm God right here. If you want to know what God looks like, he said, look at me. He said, if you want to know what God would say, look at me. That's what Jesus said. And so if you want to know the will of God for any area of your life, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and what you saw Jesus do is exactly what God would do. What Jesus says about your health, about healing, is what God says, because that's the will of God, as Jesus said. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he said, when you see me, you're seeing God. You know, I've known people over the years of my Christian life and ministry that have said things like, oh, if I could only know the will of God about this situation. And I think, well, you got a Bible, don't you? You know, there's some things you don't even have to pray about, about the will of God or not. Uh, you know, I just think about so many different things that, that concern Christians' money. You do not have to pray if it's the will of God for you to give God 10%. It's in the Bible. You don't have to pray if it's okay to have sex with somebody you're not married to. It's in the Bible. You don't have to pray if you should forgive somebody because they didn't vote for the same person you voted for. You should not have to pray if it's the will of God for you to tell somebody about Jesus. I mean, all these different things are just really plain right in the Bible. You don't have to pray if it's the will of God for you to be healed or not. It's all Bible things. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, you know, somebody might think, well, yeah, I know that that's how Jesus was. What about God? He said, hey, you've seen me. You've seen the Father. He said, I do what I see the Father do. He said, I say what I hear the Father say. And so I think about Jesus Christ as a yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus' words, his instructions for money have not changed. He said, give it, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shake together, run it over. Jesus said that. Jesus' will about sex has not changed since Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus' will about how you treat other people hasn't changed. These are all in the Bible. And so that's what we're talking about tonight, how you can know the will of God. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I want to live long, and I want to live strong. And up to my last breath at a ripe old age, I want to have a sound mind. Amen. I want to have a great relationship with my family. I want to be able to do what God called me to do, to be able to preach the gospel up to a ripe old age. And so I know to do that, I want to walk as close to Jesus as I can. And so walking close to Jesus is looking at the Bible and always the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if something's not going right in my life and my relationship with Jesus, and since he's not going to change because he's the same, that means I got to. Amen. Amen. And so you see here that Jesus was God in an earth suit. And so if we want to know what God thinks about your life, look, see what Jesus says about your life. And so look at John chapter 10, verse 10. And this is a very pleasant message 
It's not a condemning message. You know, the Bible, <clears throat> Jesus called the Bible, is light. And when light shines on darkness, it shows you what's ahead of you. And, you know, I know where I live, out of my, out of my uh, farm I got, when the moon's not shining out there where I am, there's no street lights. Now, if I go walk into the dark, I want to have a flashlight so I know what's in front of me because there could be things out there I don't like to see. And so I want light to show me that what could be trouble ahead. And that's what the Bible is, is light. And so when Jesus talks to us from the Bible, that's shining light on us. And when he shines light on us, that's not to make us feel bad. It's to show us how to walk right. Amen. And so John chapter 10, verse 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. And John chapter 10, verse 10 is one of the... Uh, Really, it's, it's one of the major keys to the whole Bible. John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus said, The thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. And, you know, that first part of this verse right here, I call, I call that uh, the law of progression. You ever heard the expression, you give the devil an inch, you take a mile? Well, you begin to open the door to the devil says the first thing he's going to do is steal from you. And you keep the door open, then killing will begin to take place in your life, in your marriage, in your finances, in your family, and then destruction comes. It's a progression. And so you want to, start, you want to stop the thief in your life when something bad first starts to happen, because the first part, it's not that bad. He steals a little bit from you, but you keep the door open, then killing will start coming. Amen. And by killing, you know, I'm not necessarily talking about your physical life, although it can be, but it can kill your marriage. It can kill relationships. It can kill a job. It can kill good things going on in your life. And then after that, what's left is total destruction where you've lost it all. It's gone. And so he said, that's what the thief does. But then the good news is, he says, uh, but I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. And I really love the Amplified version of this. The Amplified Bible says this, and this is the will of God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Here's Jesus. This is God's absolute, total, perfect will for every human being on earth. He says, I'm come in the Amplified Bible that they might have and enjoy life, having an abundance to the fold till it overflows. Have and enjoy life. Have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. And so I'm thinking about Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I know that Mrs. Pastor and I, over the years, we've been married. Matter of fact, in two days, it's our anniversary. 38 years in two days. And so that's how the whole thing started off. But I think about our years have not all been in the natural good years. We've had some poor years. We've had some years of persecution. We've had some years where everything didn't go perfect and had seasons where things weren't right. But the main thing is, Jesus told us in Galatians 6, 9, that in due season we reap if we faint not. And I was talking to Mrs. Pastor yesterday. I was just like about a conversation we was having. I said, let's stop thinking about our life. We just like to have 
you know, we're just no kids around stuff. Now we just sometimes stop and chill, just able to just relax and think. I said, what was the favorite period of our life, do you think? And we've been through so many phases of life at this point in time, we got to think about an 80-acre farm we lived on up in Noblesville, Indiana, when uh, Josh and David were little and the little kids, they were born up there. thought, man, that was really fun up there. We still had our first batch of kids with us, and we thought about the cows, we thought about the fields, thought about the oil. That was really fun up there in Noblesville. And then we thought about the next phase when some of the older kids grew up, and we moved to southern Indiana, pioneered a church, had a little place down there, had an orchard uh, uh, forest that hooked up with our property and things like that. And how much we enjoyed it. Boy, that, that was really nice down there. That was really just have it and enjoy life. Then we got to think about California. Said, wow, God moved us 2,000 miles away. We're out here, got a new church family. We love them. They love us. We got our own place out here. Now we're doing We are having and enjoying life in abundance to the full, to overflows. But it wasn't always easy street. We tithe. And that's all we had to come in that time was to pay the tithe and nothing left. But we paid the tithe. And we gave when we didn't have anything to give. We did the things Jesus wanted us to do. We forgave people when they treated us dirty. We walked in love. We walked in faith. And now the perfect will of God is working in our lives. We're having to enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. So why am I saying that? I'm saying that to say this. Wherever you are in life right now, if you aren't having and enjoying life in abundance to the full till it overflows, that's the target. That's the will of God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you've got to set your sights on the goals he puts out there. And he told you the thief's the one that's tried to steal, kill, destroy your life. And, of course, the Bible teaches a lot of stuff about the thief, how to resist the devil when he flees. Don't give place to the devil. Satan walks around like a roaring lion, seeking him may devour. You resist steadfast in the faith, but you've got to keep this in front of you. You don't have to pray about, does God want you blessed? Jesus already said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, I came for you to have an enjoy life. And so if, you, if you're not enjoying life right now, keep on praising by faith. You know, the Bible talks about sacrifice of praise sacrifice of thanksgiving it talks about joy unspeakable the joy of the lord's your strength sometimes you have just got to start laughing at circumstances you got to laugh at the devil you know i know in our lives there's been times when we saw a real bad things came our direction financially or otherwise I thought, oh, glory to God, man, we'll be glad this is over. Thank you, Jesus, we got the victory. And then within a short time, here comes another attack, worse than the last one. And so we stand on the word of God, oh, glory to God, thank you, Jesus, this is coming to pass. And oh, thank you, Lord, this is over. And then another attack comes, worse than the other two. And we've been through times when attack after attack after attack after attack, but we do. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever, we know this is the thief that's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. We know that Jesus Christ wants us to enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. And so this is not abundant life overflowing, making, making everything how Jesus wants it. So we say, nope, this is not the will of God. Satan, in the name of Jesus, we bind you, we rebuke you. Look up to heaven and say, Father, is there anything in our life we've done to open a door? Anything we've got to do, Lord, to get more in position? 
And if God doesn't show us anything, we don't go digging up stuff. But at the same time, if he shows us something, we don't bury stuff. I like something I heard Brother Copeland say years and years ago when I was first saved. He talked about Christians that try to hide their sin. He said one time he was doing, Brother Copeland said he was doing something, can't remember what it was, and finally he got so convicted of, man, I have to deal with this. And so he came to the Father and he said, Lord, I'm confessing this sin. I ask for forgiveness. He said, thank you, Kenneth. I've been waiting on that. He said, I didn't find out about your sin. You confessed it. I knew about it all along, but I couldn't help you till you confessed it. And so I learned off of that a long time ago. I learned that sin is a blessing blocker. And so I know the quicker I deal with things, the quicker the blessing comes. Amen? Amen. And so anyway, he said he came for us to have and enjoy life in abundance till the fold, till it overflows. So that's always my goal, to have God's best. And for one thing, I want to be blessed, but I can't be a blessing unless I am blessed. Amen. I can't be a giver unless I prosper. I can't be somebody that visits the sick unless I'm healed so I can visit the sick. I can't be somebody that helps restore marriages unless mine is. And so I want God's blessing in every area of my life to the maximum because I want to be a blesser. Amen? And so we got, we got to have right motives about things. But anyway, Jesus also gave us instructions to help us be in position to enjoy his best. How many know that? They're saying he, didn't, he told us what he wants us to have, that abundant life, but he tells us how to be in position for that. And so I want you to look at John chapter 14, verse 6. Stay in John. And you know, I know that we're... Tonight, preaching in the church here, everybody here is born-again Christians that loves Jesus, but there might be people watching this now, or I know this will be out there for a long time on the internet, they'll look at this sometime in the future, and they may need to hear what I'm getting ready to say right now. And so to be in position for the blessings of God, Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me or through me. Jesus said, I am the doorway. He said, I'm the connection. I'm the one that gets you hooked up with God the Father. He said, nobody can get there but through me. Amen. And so the number one thing to be in position for that abundant life is to recognize that Jesus is the only way to get to the Father. Now look at John chapter 3. And I want to say this again. You know, for those of you sitting in here tonight, I know that you're all saved, born-again Christians, but there's people out here watching that aren't. And they need to know this part so they get to the second part. And then for you, when you're dealing with people, everybody sitting in here tonight has friends or family that are in a mess right now trying to figure out what to do. And so the things I'm telling you right now for this little part right now, John 14, 6, and John chapter 3, is things you've got to be bold enough to show them. Amen. You know, 
God just cannot bless people like he wants to bless people till they get in position for the blessing. <clears throat> so John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot see the kingdom of God. And so what that means is this. It means he can't understand how things work in the kingdom of God. Of course, it means you're, not, you're never going to see heaven unless you're born again. It definitely means that. But while you're living here on earth, how many know on earth yet to have understanding in your spirit of spiritual things? How could you ever, ever, ever pay a tithe to God if you didn't have that in your heart knowing God wants you to? Well, see, he said, a man cannot understand spiritual things until he's born again. When you become born again and your spirit receives the Holy Spirit, your spirit receives the life and nature of God, then the one that wrote the Bible moves from the outside to the inside. And so because the Holy Spirit's the one that inspired these words to be written in the Bible, he's the one when he lives in you from the new birth to help you get a hold of it. Oh, I see that now. Because there's no way, there's no way it would never make sense to a person <clears throat> that wasn't a born-again Christian why you should give God 10% off the top of your income and bring it to a church and say, this is my tithe, I'm presenting this to the Lord. Well, somebody that's not born again looks at you, and Jesus said, you can't understand this unless you're born again. They look at you and say, well, don't you know it's coming up on Christmas time and you got kids? Don't you know charity begins at home? That's the kind of things people that are not born again look at things in the Christian faith. Well, yeah, sure. I, 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 know, I know that uh, that that you could say you forgave people, but how can you forgive them for what they did to you? How could you ever let loose of that? Don't you know that they'll do it again? But what did Jesus say on the cross? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And if we're followers of Christ and he's in our heart, then we pick up the same attitude that he had. But Jesus said the number one thing, he says you'll never understand this until you're born again. And so the born again is the number one, it's the number one step for any human being to begin walking in the perfect will of God. You'll never walk in the will of God to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about this as I was coming up here. I'd look at it if we had time. But Jesus told, 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 told a rich man that was accumulating goods, and the guy said, I've got so much goods, I'm going to build more barns, more buildings to put all my harvest in. I've got so much. And Jesus said, you fool. Don't you know tonight your soul's going to be required of you? He said, what does it profit a man if he gains all the wealth in the world yet loses his own soul? And so what I'm saying is this, by Jesus Christ being the same yesterday, today, and forever, you cannot measure enjoying life by how much stuff you got. Amen. You can't measure life by how new your car is or how many cars you've got or how big your house is or where your house is located at, or how much it are, or how much your salary is on your job. 
If you're not born again, all those things are worth nothing. And we're talking about Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus said, he's the way, the only way. He said, you must be born again to understand these things. And so if Jesus today were talking to a human being today, and he does every day through the word of God, through Christians, witnesses, through preaching, and sometimes he just flat out appears to people, speaks to them. But if Jesus today were to answer a prayer of a goofed up person's life, the first thing he'd say is you must be born again. You've got to receive eternal life in your spirit. That's the first thing he would say. Amen? And so that's what we're talking about today of the will of God. And so for us in helping our loved ones, the first thing we need to do is be able to pray for their eyes to be open, their hearts to be open. And if we're not the ones they can receive off of, then we need to be praying for somebody to come to them and talk to them. Amen? And so that's, that, that's the number one thing. And then in thinking about this, I thought, I thought about Mark, uh, let's see, John. Well, John, John 14, we'll stay in John. John 14, about Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever, and been in position, been in position to have and enjoy life in abundance. John 14, verse 34 and 35. If you find it, let me know because I don't see it there. Make it John 13. Okay, now that that this is just a test for the next 60 seconds. We'll have an emergency system going off. I sure am glad to find that everybody was paying attention. And the ones that didn't say anything, I guess that means you didn't have a Bible with you because you just said, Amen, that's good, Pastor. <laughs> Okay, Jesus, the same yesterday and forever, said this in verse 34 and 35, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. How many here have been loved by Jesus? And know that Jesus is loving you now. It says, that you love one another as I have, and that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, because you hate them, because they did not vote like you wanted them to vote. You hate them because they don't believe like you believe. He says, by this shall man know your disciples, you have love one to another. If you have love one to another. And as I said, when I was praying today about how he wanted to teach this lesson about he's the same yesterday and forever, this is the direction he led me. And so you can't be mean, unforgiving, and hate fellow human beings and live in the blessings of God. I'll tell you right now, uh, I don't watch news anymore. I can't. It steals my faith about politics, about cities, about people that report news that I know are absolutely lying. And so therefore, protect my heart and my love for my fellow human beings. I just don't watch the garbage anymore. I can't do it. I can see enough headlines come across things that I want to know about. I can see headlines without reading stories. And so Jesus said, if he were here today, 
looking at America, looking at Christians in America. The world does not have the love of God in their hearts, so they can't love. Christians, born-again Christians, have the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, all the good fruit of the Spirit, which is the character of God, we have that. And so I've said this again, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, my will is for you to have and enjoy life in abundance, to the full, till it overflows. And if you are mean and hateful and unforgiving to a fellow Christian or a fellow human being because they didn't vote how you voted, you're not going to have the blessing of God. If you hate people because of the way they report the news, you're not going to have the blessing of God. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. I will guarantee you, Jesus hates a lot of things going on, but he doesn't hate the doers of it. I want to say that again. If he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, did you ever see the story in the Gospel of John? They brought a woman to him caught in adultery. Jesus still hates adultery. But he loves the adulteress. Brought that woman to Jesus, and they said, let's stone her to death. What do you say, Jesus? Jesus began to write in the dirt. And then finally, he looked up, it says those people were convicted by their own consciences. And then Jesus said, He that's without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. And so I found out in my life, as much as I hate the evil do- deeds I see going on in my nation right now, I have a love of God in my heart for sinners. I have a love of God in my heart for deceived Christians. I have a love of God in my heart for people. Why is that? Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I'm giving you a commandment. You love like I've loved. Amen. And I want to look at one, one, one more thing really quickly. Mark 11, verse 17. Mark 11, verse 17. And I think this here, there's lots of other verses I could have, could have used to get this point across. But I, I want you to see this. And of course, you guys don't need to really see this like other people need to see it. But Christians need to understand this. And he taught Satan unto them, is it not written, my house, my house, I feel that God has a house. Church building, temple, tabernacle, whatever you want to call it, the place where God's people come together. The Old Testament, they had temples, tabernacles, etc. New Testament, we've got buildings and <clears throat> different places around the world. They've got different structures they meet in. But there's a place for God's people to meet. My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer, but you made the den of thieves. And so I think about what Jesus said there. If Jesus were talking to us today, he would say, make sure... You have a house of worship you can go to where you can pray 
and hear the Word of God taught and fellowship with other Christians. And so when all this COVID stuff is over with, the body of Christ has got to remember God has a place they can call their church home. God has a place where the church family can come to. God has a place where they bring all their tithes into the storehouse. God has a place for them with the church altar where they can come and kneel and consecrate to God, where they can come be anointed with all the name of the Lord. And so we're looking at things that if Jesus were here today, since he's the same as he always has been, he said, my father has a house for you. My father has a place for you to come to, to be a part of the family of God. Amen? And so anyway, that's just some thoughts about Jesus. If he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, we need to read the Gospels in and just find out a whole lot of things that Jesus said that he still said today. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. That is good. Josh, you going to do this confession? I'll play the keyboard if you do the financial confession, okay? <laughs> but just make sure you don't turn it on while I play it. I know. Okay, you got it. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, good word, Pastor. That's something good to uh, take us into Thanksgiving. <laughs> Amen. We can be thankful that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. No matter what's going on around us, Jesus doesn't change. That's something we can just always keep with us. So uh, let me say a quick prayer over us, uh, and then we'll close out with our Barstow Faith Confession. So if you don't mind, let's all bow our heads. Father God, in Jesus' name, we just love you, Lord God, and we're so thankful, Lord, for our pastor. We're thankful for our, our church, this place where we can come to gather in, together in your name, Lord God. We're thankful, Lord Jesus, that that you don't change, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord God, and that you're just, you're patient with us, and you're, you're long on patience as we, we strive to become more and more like you every single day, Lord, so just thank you for that. Um, as we get ready to head into Thanksgiving tomorrow, we ask that you'd uh, just grant us that attitude of Thanksgiving and also grant us uh, the ability to eat mass amounts of food without feeling full, Lord God, because we know that's probably your will, maybe. I don't know. But thank you, Jesus, that you also put up with uh, put up with us, Lord God, even in our shortcomings. Help us to have a great day tomorrow and bring us back again safely on Sunday. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's say the Barstow Faith Confession together, and then we'll get out of here on our way. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen.